0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we got a new uh, series this month, and it's on the power of words. Is it behind me? Can you see it? And, uh, you know, your words are, are important. Amen? And um, we've got to understand this. A lot of people don't understand that, that, that your words and faith are connected. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Your words and faith are connected. Yes. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, that, that our words uh, can, can dominate our circumstances. Amen. And so we have to understand that. And, and really, God created everything by his words. Yes. Let's look at Genesis um, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. And let's just look at this. And uh, it's very interesting because the way the Bible's, you know, God had the Bible put together. And um, uh, he just doesn't just put words in the Bible just to fill up space. Amen. So everything means something. And it says here in in chapter 1 of Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So you have to ask yourself, how did he create the heavens and the earth? And then then in Genesis 1, 3, it says, Then God said, let there be light. So God creates everything by speaking faith-filled words. That's how God creates. He creates everything by speaking faith-filled words. Amen. Then in Genesis 1, 6, it it says, Then God said, let there be ferment in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. And then in Genesis 1.9 it says... ...then God said... ...let the waters under the heavens be gathered together... ...into one place and let the dry land appear... ...and it was so. And then Genesis 1.11 says... ...then God said that the earth bring forth grass. No, see, see, the reason why... ...it's put in like that... Uh, uh, ...in Genesis... ...is because God's trying to get a point... ...across... ...that, that He creates everything by His words. And I'm going to say this... ...we create... ...our life by the words that we speak. And everything, really, what you're doing today, where you're at today... ...is a sum total of what you spoke yesterday. Amen. In other words, your words are really framing your world. Have you ever thought about that? Say, my words frame my world. And so, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that my world... It is blessed. I don't want a curse world. I want a, how many people want a blessed world out here? So we want, we want our lives to be blessed. Amen? And I love this. Look at Genesis 1, and 27. Because God created us to rule and reign on this earth. And how are we going to rule and reign on this earth? Through our words. Through, yes, one Jesus Christ. But through speaking faith-filled words. Amen. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says here... Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So we see here in Genesis 126 and 127, God basically said that he created us in his image. And so, in other words, we're supposed to be like God in this earth. So we're created in his image. In other words, you're supposed to be like Jesus. Can I get an amen there? It's quiet in this church today. And and so we're supposed to be like him. and, And God gave us dominion. Over this earth. You have dominion over your circle. You have. Can I say this? You have dominion over sickness. Amen. Thank you. You have dominion over poverty. Amen. You have. Dom- Somebody say I have, I have dominion. But the only way you're going to get dominion in your life is by speaking some faith filled words into your life. Into the life of other people. Our words are Powerful. So so how are we going to rule and reign in this life? Through our words. Proverbs 18, 21 says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, you could say it this way. Death and life are in the power of our words and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. So our words are powerful and it's either going to produce produce death in our lives or it's going to produce life in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And it's and listen, I'm going to say this. Um, the Bible says as Christians, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. 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 Amen. What that means is we're supposed to Walk by faith, as in we're supposed to walk by God's word and not by our feelings. Amen. Sight it, it deals with our, the sense realm. And so we're not supposed to be governing our walk with God by what it looks like. Amen. Because if we govern our walk with God with what it looks like, we could be in trouble. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? to We don't govern our lives by what it looks like. We govern our lives by what God says about us and our circumstances. In other words, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. You know, you may feel like your future is not too bright. But God says, I know the plans that I have for you. And they are good plans. Not for destruction, but to give you a hope and a future. So you don't need to be downtrodden about your future. No, your future is bright in God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So so death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So in other words, we're going to end up eating our words. Have you ever heard of that? They're going to eat their words. We're going to eat our own words. Amen. Uh, You know, we got to be very careful... About what comes out of our mouths. Amen. Uh, you know, it, right after uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty two says this. Right after this, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I believe that those those it's connected. In other words, um, uh, it's saying that that us married folks in here, our spouses are a blessing. And we need a we need to speak blessing over our spouses and not curses Amen. I talked about that on Tuesday. I said, you know there's always going to be uh things that we don't care about about our spouse there's going to be things that 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 we don't care about, but let's not focus on those things focus on the good things. My wife has probably ninety nine point nine percent everything's great, but there's some things that you know if i, I if I She's back there. (laughs) i got to be careful what I say. I don't want to be in the doghouse. My wife is perfect. (laughs) My wife is perfect. I'm not going to say anything. The Bible says, my God, she can make me look bad on camera. She's running the camera today, so... Uh, (laughs) Somebody say, my spouse is perfect. Amen. Amen. And so we got to look, at, we got to focus. You know, life is all about focus. What are we focusing on? And we need to focus on the good in our life and not the bad. You know, we were, I was helping somebody move. One of our church members moved the other day. And it was Friday night. And, um, and it was uh, raining and and they were running late to that house. They had to take care of something. And it was raining while they were running. And it was a good thing they were running late. Because when they got there, the rain stopped. Thank you, Lord. And thank God. And you know what? It, you know, moving is not easy. Amen. But thank God we were moving. And it was, and we prayed that it would stop raining. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And God answered our prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, you know, it, it, and, and, and how many people moved in here? Help Anybody ever help anybody move? Don't you love doing that? Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, and, uh, and, so, and so, so, so there's something you can be thankful for. And I kept thanking God. Thank God it's not raining. Thank God that we're able to move and it's clear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, there might be some clouds in our lives, but let's not focus on the clouds. Let's focus on the silver lining around the clouds. Let's focus on the positive and not the negative. And our words can make eternal differences in our lives and in the lives of others. When I was studying this, I was thinking about how powerful our words are. And, uh, I, and, I, and you know, sometimes I go in and out and witnessing going out and telling people that Jesus loves them. And I said, man, I need to start talking to people about Jesus again. I need to start, you know, and I, I was I was at Food line yesterday and I said to the lady, I said, you know, Jesus loves you. And she says, oh, thank you. And she seemed like she really appreciated it. And I said, are you in church? And she said, well, I used to go with my grandmother. She passed away about a year ago. And and, um, and I said, do you work on Sunday? She says, no. I said, you need to come out to exceed life church. You know, what am I doing? I, what I, I'm, I'm sowing seeds of faith. I'm, I'm letting her know that Jesus loves her. And, 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 and our words can bring people out of the captivity of the evil one and into the promised land of God. And just saying a kind word, just speaking a kind word, you know, can change somebody's day. Just spe- your words can bring life or it can bring death. In any circumstance. Do you believe that today? So, so let's look at Matthew twelve thirty six and 37. And this is Jesus. He's speaking here. He says, but I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words... You will be condemned. Wow, that's powerful. So Jesus is saying, he's talking about the power of words here. And he's saying that our words can justify us or our words can condemn us. Think about that. So it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the gospel is always being presented to the world. Amen. And there are people in the world that, that will hear the gospel. And some of them will say, I don't believe that. I don't believe Jesus is the son of God. I don't believe he he paid the price for sins of mankind. And, you know, there by their words, they will be condemned. But by but 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 by your words, you can be justified. Let's look at something here that's pretty awesome about the power of our words, because our words can Uh, Usher us out of darkness into God's marvelous light. It's powerful. In Romans 10, 8 through 13, listen, this is why you're here today. Listen, the only way you're going to please God is by faith. I'm going to say it again. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. For they that come to God must believe that God is, that God exists. And that he is a rewarder of those who casually, diligently seek him. So, 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 so it's impossible to please God without faith. And how do we get faith? We get faith by hearing God's word. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you come out on Sunday morning, you're coming out and what you're doing is you're building your faith up. Because I'm going to say this, the devil's going to try to knock you down during the week. Problems are going to try to knock you down during the week. Issues are going to try to knock you down during the week. And you better have some faith to be able to fight the battles in this life. And that's the reason why you need to be in church. And and that's the reason why you need to be hearing the word so you can get fortified. Say, I'm getting fortified this morning. Amen. I'm getting for, I'm getting built up this morning. Amen. I'm telling you, faith accesses the grace of God in our life. That's how you access the grace. And how many people are under the grace of God this morning? And you wouldn't have been able to get up if you weren't. Amen. Amen. I mean, I had a hard time getting up this morning. Amen. Did we lose an hour? My God, I was with my mom the other day and we were driving. It was on, on Friday and uh, she, we were driving. Of course, she loves my driving. I'm just confessing that by faith. And um, glory to God. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Talking about side street drivers, I mean, backseat drivers. OK, anyway, um, where was I at? OK, we were in the car. And uh, what was the point I was going to put out? Oh, yeah. I said to her, uh, uh, it's daylight. uh, We're going to spring forward on Saturday. So we're going to lose an hour. And as I was driving uh, over to my house, because she was going to watch the kids, she said, I feel tired already. (laughs) Just thinking about losing an hour. I feel tired. And I started laughing because it's so funny. (laughs) I feel tired already. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it tickled me. And, I'm telling, and sometimes we set ourselves up for failure. We set ourselves up. And, uh, and I find myself at night, you know, I guess I didn't realize it. But when I came home, she was watching the kids. And she said, I never heard, you know, she, she raised me and my three brothers and my sister. And she said, I never heard any kids say that they're tired and, uh, and Christopher, you know, my three-year-old said to, to my mom on Friday night, he said, Grandma, I'm tired. <laughs> and, uh, and I know where he got that from. you hearing what I'm saying? Grandma, I'm tired. She said, i never heard a kid say that. They ain't the only fight to go to sleep at night, amen. Because <laughs> my, my daughter, she's like a night owl. She says, I said, oh, aren't you tired? No, I can stay up all night. Of course, she's falling asleep, you know, when, when I tuck her into bed, like in three minutes. Um, but let's look at this in Romans 10, 8 through 13. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. Say the word is near me. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love this because, uh, you know, this is a, a scripture that, that saying. Peter, uh, uh, Paul is actually saying here. He's saying that if you confess with your heart and uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins and that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Just by conf- see, just by confessing that truth and believing it in your heart will translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into God's marvelous light. So just, just confessing and believing that. I remember listening to... Uh, uh, This person talking about uh, this guy that uh, that was in this life group and um, and in in that life group, they kept ministering the gospel, you know, and and this one guy would always pray, but he would not. He never really asked Jesus to come into his heart. And uh, and they came to this one minister and the minister said, well, do you believe he just never came to that point? And he says, well, I'm praying that God will save me. Listen, God has already done everything he's going to do about your salvation. You don't have to pray that God saved you. You just have to believe that he has already paid the price and you have to receive it. You have to receive it by activating God's promises. How do you activate God's promises? By by speaking the truth, and the truth is, Jesus is the Son of God. He's not just a great prophet, he's not just a great teacher, he's not just a head of of, of Christianity, no, he is God Almighty in the flesh. And he paid the price to purge us of our sins and bring us into right standing with God. One of the things we got to realize is, is that see the enemy will will sometimes try to get us to look at our past or look at our weaknesses, and then, and then the enemy wants us to compare our past sins with you know and our weaknesses of today with God's word. And I'm going to say this: you're you're not you're, you're not what the sin you just committed yesterday. You're not that. You're not you're not a, you're not a ...a sinner anymore... ...if you receive Christ... ...you are a saint. You are the righteousness... ...of God... ...in Christ Jesus. But see, it's, I'm prefacing that... ...you're the righteousness of God... Not ...you can't stop there... ...in Christ Jesus. Now, you're not the righteousness of God... ...alone... ...but you've got to be... In, ...somebody say, I'm in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, Christ Jesus... Is in, me. is in me. I love that. Because the greater one, it lives on the inside of you. You have all power and authority residing on the inside of you. You've got to believe that. Say, I believe that. I believe that. So we got to confess, you know, Jesus. And when we do that, it brings us into that, that good place. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says this way. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness... And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through it, the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption means that we've been we've been bought um, from the enemy. In other words, Jesus paid the price to buy us back out of sin and death into life and righteousness. The blood of Jesus paid the price. That brings us into a rich relationship with God. Amen. you got to believe that. You know, you have more going for you as a saint of God. You may not have a lot of money. You may not have a lot of things. But if you have God, you're richer than the wealthiest man in the world without God. I'm going to say that again. You're richer than, what, than the wealthy. It doesn't matter if there's a billionaire out there. You know, somebody that may have billions of dollars. If they don't have God, if they don't have Jesus, they're bankrupt. Amen. They're bankrupting God. But with Jesus, I'm telling you, you have all riches of heaven at your beck and call. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. In other words, we're wealthy. It, say, I'm wealthy in God. God. Glory to God. Ephesians 2, 4 and 6, it says it this way. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace, we are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what should our confession be? Listen, uh, you you may be dealing with some issues in your life, but positionally you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus seated? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and that means he's seated in power. I'm going to say this to you today, you are seated in power because the greater one lives on the inside of you. Do you believe that today? So as, as we, as we get a revelation of the power of our words, we need to, we, the first key is if your faith is going to take on wings and fly like any, if your faith is going to go higher, the only way it's going to go higher. The first key is in your confession, you need to confess the greatness and the bigness of God every day in your life. you, You need to start, what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to make God look small in your life. In other words, he's trying to make God look lame in your life. In other words, he's trying to make you think that God can't do the impossible. The enemy's trying to get you to think, oh, sometimes we look at the circumstances in life. And we look at, you know, what, you know, our families and, and, and maybe the devil's working against our families. And, and maybe the devil's working on our kids or, or relatives. And we, we start thinking that the devil's bigger than God. God's bigger than the devil and God's power is is greater than the devil's power. Listen, see, the devil understood the power of words because the devil was the archangel of God, Lucifer, and he had all kinds of power. He understood the power of words and he said, and he's and I don't know if you realize this or not, but he tried to usurp his authority over God and he wants to be God. And so he said, you know, I will rise above God. See, he thought that he could use the power of words to overcome God. Are you hearing what I say today? He tried to use his power of words because he said, that's how you do it. God speaks words. And he started getting puffed up in his own pride and his own importance that he thought that his words could overcome God's words. And when he said, I'm going I'm to ascend unto the mountain of high, I'm going to do all these things. God says, yeah, I'm going to do some things too. Amen. Listen, you can never go above God's word. Amen. That's the reason we, as Christians, we find the promises of God's word. And all we're doing is confessing God's promises. So what we're doing, in a sense, we're agreeing with God. The Bible says there's power in agreement, and so when we get in agreement with God by speaking His Word, that's dudumus power, yes, yes. Amen. dynamite power, amen. this. dynamite power. Somebody say dynamite power. And what we have to do is we have to get in agreement with God's Word, and a lot of times we're not in we are more in agreement with the circumstances of life than with God's Word. And when we get in agreement with God's word, then circumstances change. Can I say it again? When we get in agreement with God's word, circumstances change. So our words can make an eternal difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. Amen. Do you believe that today? Glory to God. So, so Jeremiah 32, uh, 32, 26 and 27 says it this way. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for God? Nothing is too hard for God. We've got to get a revelation of that. There's nothing beyond what God can do. Matthew 19, 26 says this way. But Jesus beheld them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God... All things are possible. Why? When, he, when he, he said that because there was a rich man that, uh, that wanted to have eternal life and asked Jesus what he needed to do. And Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you have riches in heaven and come follow me. And the rich man walked away. And Jesus said how hard it is for a wealthy person to make it into the kingdom of God. In other words, how hard it is for people to trust in their stuff to get to heaven. And we listen. And then when then then Jesus said it would be easier for a man to go through an eye uh, uh, for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it in. And and the disciples were like, then who can make it? And then God said, then Jesus said, all things are possible. In other words, God can move on anybody's heart, no matter where they're at in the scope of life. No matter if they're on the top of the mountain or down in the valley, God can reach them. And God can bring them into a relationship with him. See, what we need to do is we need to come to the end of ourselves. And then when we come to the end of ourselves, we find God. Has anybody been there? Has anybody been to the end of themselves? Has anybody been to a point where they said, that's it, I give up, I can't do this anymore? That's when you need God. Amen. That's when you need God to influence your situation. Glory to God. Let's look at faith in action for a second. Because confession uh, of, of God's impossibility. Uh, confessing that God is, that can do the impossible even in the impossibilities of our lives. Let's look at this. Uh, in 1 Samuel 17, 43 and 47. It says this way. This is... Um, of the account of King David, and uh, he's going to fight Goliath. And uh, it, it, let's look at, starting at verse 43 and working away 47. He, uh, David's already on the battlefield facing Goliath. And, uh, and it says there, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with, with staffs? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the field. You see, the Philistine, or the Philistine, uh, he represents the devil in in every believer's life. And the devil will always try to tell you, you're not going to make it. The devil will always tell you that you're gonna you're gonna fall short of the glory of God. The devil's gonna always tell you your kids aren't gonna make it. The devil's always gonna tell you you're not gonna make it in your job. The devil's always working against you. He's always bragging and boasting. Yes. Anybody ever have conversations in their head? Yes. <laughs> and you have this conversation running in your head. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And you're and, and 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 it's it could be reason and. Well, if everything really the way that God says it is, how come things aren't seem to be working? And you start trying to reason things out. Anybody know what I'm talking? Anybody have conversations in your head? Amen. And the enemy's trying to get you to, to, to reason everything out, and see, reasoning and faith doesn't mix. Faith doesn't make sense at times. You know, like I was, you know, tithing when we're when we when we uh, dealing with financial pressures, giving money away doesn't make sense, but it makes faith. Amen. It doesn't make sense, but it makes faith. Amen. In other words, God will tell us to do things. So why? So 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 it's our faith in acting the grace. And when we step out in faith to obey God, then His grace starts working. In our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so here uh, we have Goliath boasting and saying that he's going to feed David's flesh to the birds and the beasts. Then David, uh, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Think about that. ...the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand... ...and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee... ...and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines... ...this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth... ...and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel... And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. Think about this. Listen, it's not about how great you are or how strong you are or uh, what, what you can deal with pressure. You know, I used to say I'm best under pressure. No, I'm best when God's with me under pressure. Are you listening? I used to say, I'm best under pressure. No, I'm best when God is with me under pressure. And when David wasn't boasting on his abilities or his skills, he was boasting on God. See, great faith doesn't boast on self, boasts on God. And David said, you know, it's God Almighty that's going to bring you into my hands. It's God Almighty that's going to cause me to triumph over you. And David spoke out what he believed that God wanted him to do. And guess what? David took Goliath's head off with his own sword and he taught us how to get ahead in life. Glory to God. Are you listening? How? By speaking the end result. Yes, the devil spoke some things. And the devil said, Goliath spoke some things. And he said, I'm going to. No, no, no. When the devil speaks, you better speak too. When the devil starts talking, I got your kids. I got your relatives. I got you at your job. No, you better start speaking some things. No, you don't, devil. No, you don't. In Jesus' name, I defy you in Jesus' name. And my God will deliver the enemy into my hands. we got to get a revelation of that. we got to get a revelation of the bigness of God when we're speaking words of faith. And we know that David triumphed that day and he took Goliath out with one stone. And, and took his head off with his own sword. So, so we, need to, we need to understand the power of our words. And we have to understand that God backs up his promises Uh, By the by his own power. You believe that today? I love this. What it says in Mark 11, uh, 12 and 14, talking about the power of words. And this is talking about Jesus. Now, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, uh, he, Jesus, was hungry. Seeing from afar, a fig tree having leaves. He went to see it. Perhaps he would find something on it when he came to it. And he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it. Isn't that interesting way it says in that Jesus responded to the tree? Let no one eat fruit you ever again. And his disciples heard it. You know, you need to start responding to your checkbook. When well, you know, the money is not in there. I declare you're full in Jesus' name of finances. You need to start start speaking to your bodies. When 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 symptoms are coming against your body, you you need to say no in Jesus' name. You need to start speaking by Jesus' stripes, I am healed, not I'm going to get healed. You need to put your faith in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things envisioned for. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Healed. Glory to God. So he says here, um, let's continue here. So he spoke to the tree and they heard it. In Mark uh, 11, dropping down to verse 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remember, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Think about that. He, he said, just have some faith in God. And you may say, I don't have that much faith. All, you don't have to have a lot of faith. All you have to have is a mustard seed of faith. And if you just have just a little bit of faith, that little, little bit of faith acted on, spoken out, will increase in your life. Don't, don't, try, you know, don't try to believe God for the big thing. Start believing God for the, you know, you, you can say, I, I'm believing God for a million dollars. But have you believed God for just money just to pay off your credit card? Are you here? Start, in other words, start believing for the little and start working your way up for the bigger things. First the credit cards, then the car, then the house. You start believing God and once the credit card, yeah, now you you're taking faith steps. But sometimes we try to believe too much, too much more than we our capacity to believe. Start with little steps and keep moving forward until you obtain all that God wants you to obtain. You believe you, you receive that today? And so it says here uh So so this is a great faith scripture is it for sure I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know, uh, this one minister received this revelation. Is that that he said, "My people aren't missing it in the believing part, and believe in me." My uh, God's people are missing it in the saying part. And it says here, "Let's read this again." For surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, "Be removed and be cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things he says. Will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Notice that. Notice the word says. He said, he, 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 in other words, we need to speak it three times more than we believe it. Amen. We need to start confessing some things over our lives, over our families, over our circumstances, three times more than we believe it. Yes. Somebody say, I'm prosperous, I'm, prosperous. I'm blessed. My children are blessed. Great peace, Great peace are upon my children. Amen. Everywhere I go, I'm, uh, I'm a blessing. Amen. So, so wherever you go, you got to believe that, that, that your words... Have power. And when you start speaking words, especially to your mountains, and you start speaking to those mountains, they have to level in Jesus name. You can level your mountains in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says, you know, don't say that you're weak. The Bible says, let the weak say that they're strong. Joel 3.10. Uh, Psalms 27.1, uh, it says here, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I was reading this one story of this one minister. Uh, his wife had rheumatoid arthritis. This was back in the 40s or 50s, I believe. And uh, she was laid up in bed and she was really sick. And they would read the Bible every night. And they got a hold of Psalms 27.1. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And as he read that to his wife, he said, did you see that? And she said, what? You know, and sometimes that's what we do when we're sitting, listening about the word. And she, he said, he said, look at that. The Lord is a light, uh, is the light and salvation. Whom shall you fear? The Lord is the strength of life. And, and the husband said, the Lord is the strength of your life. And, and he said, you need to say that. And she said, the Lord is the strength of my life. And, and she just got really emboldened. She started saying, yeah, I see that. And she kept saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. And she started moving and she got out of bed and, and God miraculous power hit her. And I'm telling you, she got healed of rheumatoid arthritis by just confessing the word of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It may not happen the first time you confess it. But what you're doing is you're causing the word of God to go from your head to your heart. And when it goes, when it moves from your head, just confessing the word doesn't always end. You got to have it in your heart. And then when it drops down from your head to your heart and then you speak it out from your heart, that's where you have... Uh, uh, the proof is in the pudding, in the eating. That's when it works. It works when when it drops down from your head to your heart. Then you speak it out of your heart and you confess it out of your heart. That's where life or death, that's the reason why you don't want to be saying things like, that really kills me, you know, or I'm dying to do that. You know what, you know, uh, 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 I'm laughing to death or something like that. You know, and we say these things, you know, you kill me. You know, why do we say these things? Why? Why do we? Because the enemy has infiltrated our words. And I'm going to say this. It's not just in the English language. It's in every language in the world. They all have these sayings that are very similar that brings death into our life. And we don't want to be saying things like, uh, you're, you're killing me. This is killing me. You don't want to be s- saying death filled words and you say, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Amen. Amen. No, you want to say the right things out of your mouth. You want to speak words of life and not words of death. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't say, I, don't say when, when God does something, I can't believe that. Have you ever, God moves, he says, I can't believe that. Have you ever done that? I can't believe that. Why can't you believe it? I prayed and God moved. I can't believe that. Do you believe that? Have you ever been there? I say that quite often. I can't believe that. I, I, my car wouldn't start the other day. I think I talked about that last Sunday. And so I put my key in the ignition. I said, in uh, kick, kick." kick, kick. <coughs> And I said, in the name of Jesus, start. And of course, I had a little bit of frustration and a little nervousness and sweat coming off my brow. In the name of Jesus. And start purring like a kitten. Thank God I drove it around, you know. It wasn't driven in over 10 days. It's an old car, uh, the Toyota Corolla, my beater. And it, I drove it around. And you know what? I haven't had a problem since. That car is a good car. I, 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 I pet it every once in a while. I say, good car. Good car. You need to love your vehicles. You, you need to love. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You don't curse your vehicles. Oh, peace up. You don't want to say that. This piece of junk. No, you want to bless. You bless and curse not. Think about this. In the Old Testament, one of the greatest things that the fathers would say over their children was a Blessing. I mean, they would before they died, they would lay hands on the grandkids and they would bless them. But you know what? You don't have to wait before you die. In other words, you can start blessing your kids every day. You can start blessing your spouse every day. You can start blessing the day every day. Regardless of what it looks like. You can start speaking a blessing over your life. I pray for my daughter every morning. Almost every morning. I pray. Amen. And I lay hands uh, on her head. I said, thank you, Lord. She's blessed. Thank you, Lord. Favor. Thank you, Lord. You're you know, giving her grace. She has wisdom and knowledge. And I put a blessing over her every day. Amen. You can do the same for yourself. You can do the same for your family. You can start blessing instead of cursing in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? Glory to God. We need a, you know, number, I got to shut this down. Maybe I'm going to finish this next week. But we need to confess the bigness of God. And we need to confess who we are in Christ. And if you continue to confess the bigness of God. And if you confess who you are in Christ, what is that? Who are you in Christ? Uh, You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You are an overcomer in Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't ever say you can't. See, the Israelites and the ten spies, the twelve spies that were sent out, ten of them said we cannot overcome the the giants in the land, in the Canaan land. Ten of the spies said they can't. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said we can In other words, you need to get the can't out of your vocabulary. You need to start saying, instead of, I can't, you can. And I'm telling you, when you get the can't out of your vocabulary, you're going to be walking on water. You're going to be doing the impossible. And and people will be amazed of the things that you'll be accomplishing in God. Why? Because you're getting the can't out of your life. And you're getting the can in your life. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing beyond my ability because God's ability lives in me. You believe that today when we start getting the can't out of our vocabulary and we get the can into our vocabulary, we'll be knocking down mountains. Amen. We'll be walking in the fullness of the blessings of God. You believe that today? There's nothing you cannot accomplish without God being in your equation. You can accomplish all things. Amen. To those who believe, just believe God. And God is just looking for a few people to believe him. It's something about faith that will cause God to look over a million people to get to the one in faith. Somebody say, I'm walking in faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Father God, that we are faith people. And we walk by faith and not by sight. And I thank you, Lord God, even though it may look, maybe look bad in in some areas in our life, we believe that we can speak the light of your word and it will turn the bad into good, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, for everyone in this audience and those that are watching online. And as I ministered, your words can either condemn you or your words can, can, can justify you. And I'm telling you right now, if you have not if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior you never made a confession of faith in Jesus then you need to do that today and if you're in the audience or if you're watching online uh, and you're ready to move into a place with God where God will touch your life bring you into peace and joy just say this after me and mean in your heart say dear God I believe Jesus you died on the cross for my sins Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior over every area of my life. And I thank you, Lord, that you're in control. And I thank you, Lord, I have the victory no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen.